with me. Um, let's go to Romans 8 and 28. One verse of scripture. And we'll read it in just a moment. And Brother Cruz, you sound real good on that keyboard. Brother Gary, uh, Lord have mercy, he is just a, he could, I'm, I'm telling you, I gotta play that bass like it's going out of style. I, I just love it. And Jacob sounded good up on the drums. We got several great drummers in our church, and we got several keyboard players and several good people, good singers. We're blessed. Amen. Amen. All right, Romans 8.28. I know y'all standing, but I am too. I'm going to let you be seated. I'm going to keep standing, so I don't feel real sorry for you. I feel sorry for me. And we know that some things, and we know that a few things, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God. I could stop there, and you would not get the meaning of that verse of Scripture. You're leaving out an important fact. To them who are the called according to His purpose. Everybody said His purpose. Not my purpose. His purpose. I love God. I want to serve Him. I want to live for Him. And everything that I do is going to be in God's plan. Because when you love God and you're called according to His purpose, He can make all things have some good in it for you. And we're going to talk about this tonight. And that's my subject tonight, according to His purpose. Everybody say, I want God's purpose. I want to hear from God. I want God to speak to my heart. All right, you can be seated. I'll read that same verse of Scripture from the reversed International Transition. The reverse international transition says, For we know that all things work together for bad to them that hate God and to them who are called to their own purpose. Now that's a translation that I made up today. In case you're wondering where I got that, don't go looking for it. That's my translation I just wanted to think about how that verse of Scripture would be if it became all about me. If it was just uh, about me and what I think and what I need and what I believe. And then I also want to reverse it. It said, in the beginning, we know all things work together for good to them that love God. But bad things will probably come to those that hate God, to them that are called to their own purpose. Let me ask you three questions tonight. Does God have a purpose in 
our lives. Now, I want you to think about that. Does God have a purpose in our lives? Number two, does God want me to know what that purpose is? And number three, is it possible to go all the way through life and not understand or know what my purpose is? Now, the answer to all three of those questions that I just asked you is yes. Yes, God does have a purpose for every person in this building tonight. And not just us that are here, people that are not in church, people that are home, people that are at ball games, people that are working. Uh, people that their brains are in neutral right now and those that are using their brains and thinking. Every one of them, God has a purpose for them in their lives. And yes, God wants you to know exactly what your purpose is. This is not a guessing game. God's not playing, uh, you know, uh, one of these quiz games. It's not a TV reality show. It's not... One of those game shows. Uh, yes, number three, it is possible to go completely through life and miss your purpose. You are made in God's image. The creator of this world created light. And at the end of the first day, you know what he said? It's good. The Lord liked creating what he did on the first day. He enjoyed it. He said it was good. And on the second day, he created all the things in the sky. And he looked up there and he said, it is good. This continues for three more days as he created the universe we live in and each day. He paused and looked at what he had just created and simply said, it is good. It is on the sixth day, the final day of creation, that he then created man in his own image. But his response to creating man on the sixth day was different than the previous Five days. This time, he said, it is very good. So every one of y'all sitting here tonight, y'all not good. Y'all real good. Y'all very good. You're better than good. Turn to somebody and say, you're better than good. You're very good. The Milky Way is one of our galaxies in our universe. We can go outside on a clear night, and we can look at the what we refer to as the Milky Way, and we can look at stars, and there are literally hundreds of thousands and millions of stars. And we look, and our mouths go, oh, you know, we look, wow, that is unbelievable. But astronomers are now telling us that there are universes you, that are 
bigger and more. Uh, I think that I read that there are approximately 200 billion universes. Now, we only got one of them that we look at. We call it the Milky Way, and we go, oh, wow, did you see the sky? And there are billions of other, not stars, but universes. Now, you think about how big God is to create all of those universes that we will never see. The only possibility that you will ever see them is when the Lord says, arise, and we have what we call the rapture, and the Lord might just go, and just fly you through all of that, where you can say, wow, God, you are awesome. You are so big. You're, you're greater than I even imagined. He may give you a little fireworks display of shooting stars and all that, and just, you know, so you don't want to miss the rapture because I've got a feeling God's going to give us a, a slide. He's going to give us a show. You're going to see it. And so it's beyond anything we can comprehend as human beings. Now, I, I'm just even just telling you this. It's almost like I'm I feel like I'm lying to you. I feel like I'm telling you a feel because I can't comprehend that. I mean, I've read that. And I want to believe it, but to think as big as our universe is, and there are many, many, many universes, not stars, but other universes out there that we have never even seen. Yet God says that when he made man, that mankind was his crowning achievement. It was the greatest thing he did. We go, oh. Look at the stars. Oh, universities out there. And God just says, it's good. But then when he created man, he said, it's very good. It's very good. You're sitting at that spot. I'm always using you in a negative way. But, folks, this is very good right here. I mean, he, he said, I believe that. This is very good. I mean, he's been very bad until tonight, but tonight he's very good. He just happens to sit right there, and he's so easy for me to use, so I've used him in all kind of illustrations. But you're very good. He made this universe and all life, and as far as we can see and beyond what we can even imagine, yet man is the only creation that was made in the image of God. Now, what does that mean? Somebody knows what God looks like, and they took a picture, and all of us look like God? Does that sound ridiculous to you? It does to me. It does not mean that we look like God in facial features other than we are human beings. Because God is a spirit. But God had a plan from the very beginning of time. And in John chapter 1, we find that God robed himself in flesh and became a human being by a supernatural birth with a virgin by the name of Mary, his mother. And when we are made in the image of God... 
This means that God already had a plan in the beginning to become a man. And we were created in that image that God knew that one day he was going to be. And so God created human beings in that image. God gave us also with that created image the ability to be able to communicate with him. The stars and the moon and the sun do not communicate with God. That pretty little puppy that you have at home, he and God do not have conversations. Now, I don't know if there's going to be a puppy heaven or not. I'm going to just leave that up to God. I'm not going to argue with anybody. But there is going to be a human heaven. I can guarantee you that one. I don't know if our little puppies and our cats and our horses and, and all of the, the pets that we love are going to have a place or a spot or a room in heaven. But I do know one thing. They are not communicating with God with a voice or with a heart or with a spirit or even with a purpose. But you and I have an ability that nothing else that God created. I mean, we are the top of the top. We're on the top of God's list. We are more important to him than anything that was ever created in the universe and the many thousands and hundreds of thousands of universes out there. All of that that God did, you are the only one that can communicate with God. When we were made in that image, means that God made us to communicate with Him and be like Him. God gave us the ability, and that privilege is not given to the stars, as some astrologists teach and try to get us to understand and believe. That privilege was not given to the New Age tree huggers and the philosophy uh, teachers that want you to think that the earth speaks to you and you can hug a tree and it speaks to you. That privilege is only given to man. You and I have the ability to communicate with God of this universe because we were made in His image. God said it's very good that I have made and created man in my image to communicate with them. You were made in God's image not by accident, but everybody say, on purpose. It was God's perfect will for you to be created. And some of you may be thinking, well, I wish he'd have given me a choice in it. I would have been this or that, you know. We are what we are, you know. Most of us, about the only thing we can do is go on a diet and try to lose weight, you know. That's about most of the change we can do to ourselves. Uh, we just can't hardly do a lot of it. I know you could go have plastic surgery and maybe get your nose smaller and your ears smaller, but 
a lot of times if you don't get a real good one, you're gonna look kind of you're gonna look kind of funny. So you might want to just leave that alone and say, God, you made me like I am. I am who I am, and I just want to be happy with what you gave me. God, you looked at me and you said it's very good, so I don't want to mess with very good. I'm gonna leave very good alone. A lot of people like to paint it, paint themselves up and Oh, Lord have mercy, you can just see almost anything nowadays. And and that's the confirmation to me that you Pentecostal women ought to never worry about how you look. Don't be intimidated about how you look. Just go to Walmart if you're feeling intimidated. <laughs> Just go to Walmart. That's all you got to do. Just go walk around in Walmart and look at some of the purple and green and multicolored hairs. And you got eyeballs all over some of their heads tattooed there. And you got all sorts of designs and tattoos running everywhere. And I've seen people get these big old rings and put them in the ear. And they got holes that big around. They've stretched them out. And I'm thinking to myself, one of these days that's not going to be a style. One of these days, that's not going to be popular in the world. And we're going to have people run around with big old holes in their ears. And boy, they're going to really look weird. And why would you Pentecostal women look like you look precious and beautiful and, and holy and godly and like a woman feel intimidated in a world like we live in? That's good teaching on Holiness right there, isn't it? God made you like you are. You are not an accident. You didn't just boom and there you were. You're not like some scientists teach or the Big Bang Theory. And that's the reason we got all this stuff. Is it just boom up. Boom and just... You know, they, they're not smart enough to say God did it. They're not, they're not willing to look at the Bible and read it that tells us that in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. They can't accept that, so they got to come up with a theory. And that theory is more ridiculous and more unbelievable and hard to believe than just saying God did all of this. You believe having a bang theory that have a world like we got so perfect in rotation and, and seasons and, and, and everybody is astounded at our world when you begin to study it, how precise it is and to say that just happened? What's wrong with me just believing there's a supreme being in our universe Named God, Jesus Christ, that spoke it into existence and created. I like my theory a lot better than the Bain theory. The psalmist wrote these words. You created my innermost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God spoke to Jeremiah and said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So God is in the whole process. God is in the process when you get married. He knows who you're going to marry before you marry him. 
And somebody said, well, man, I need, why didn't, why didn't I find that out, you know? Well, you know, you ever pray? <laughs> you ever do any fasting? I mean, God will speak to us when we get serious about getting direction from God. God made us in His image on purpose for a purpose. But the primary problem stems from the fact that while most everybody knows when they were born, very few know why they were born. And so they're searching for meaning in their life. Now, I, I, I'm not too concerned with most of us. I think most of y'all got a grip on why you're here. I feel like most everybody here uh, understands that God's got his hand on our lives and he has directed us. But it's amazing at the people in our world that have no idea why they're here. They don't know why they're here. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what their purpose is. And that's why many of them are resorting to drugs and alcohol because they're so confused. They're so hungry and they don't even know what they're hungry for. And that's our responsibility to help them to see that. Loving them, teaching them Bible studies, getting them to church, preaching and teaching, try to shake them. Get them stirred up enough to think about God. All of us have alarm clocks right here on our phone. Mine's running right now. We all have a clock that can tell you what time to wake up in the morning. How many of you get awoke in the morning by alarm clock? I did this morning. I set my alarm clock the last few days. Very few times. Even, even at my age, I don't just wake up when I wake up. and I usually have a clock set. I got activities. It's not as bad as it was when I was working a hotshot job. Thank the Lord I'm not doing that anymore. And so we all have a clock that can tell. It's, they can, that clock tells me when it's time to get up. Now it didn't speak to me. I'm sure they probably got some speakers also. You can probably get an out that thing and say, hey dummy, wake up. It's time to go to work. I don't want that. I like the little bell. That's good enough. I'm liable to come. I'm liable to get up shooting, you know. Somebody, I, don't, I don't want that. But that alarm clock cannot tell you why you're waking up. It's smart enough to know. It's programmed to tell you to get up. Bang, 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 bang. But it doesn't tell you why you're getting up. Even in a meeting like this, if I ask you, uh, to show a show of hands, how many people believe that God has a purpose for our lives? Probably almost every hand would go up. But if I ask you, how many of you know your God-given life purpose? Probably there wouldn't be as many hands to go up in the air. Most people are living life without knowing what their purpose is is and one of satan's most powerful lies is to tell you that god does not have a purpose for you being here 
He'll lie to you and say, no longer has God a purpose for your life. Satan loves to imply that you cannot know that purpose. You are here by chance and your existence is random. He loves to get us to believe that nonsense. The truth is that until I find my God-given purpose, my life tends to be driven by self-preservation and self-promotion. In other words, I become my agenda. It's all about me. And it's amazing how many people live their lives and their whole life is about me. It's just about what I need, what I think, what I want. And they never reach a place in their lives where they're thinking about other people. God knew what he was doing when he created you and got you into his kingdom. When he got you in this kingdom, you stop being all about yourself. God wants us to be thinking about others. There's so much in the Bible about you and me loving other people, serving other people, helping other people, reaching out to them that it's mind-boggling. In fact, you'll find more for us to do than you will for us to just leave it alone and ignore it and let it be. In other words, I become my agenda, but when I disturb God's purpose, when I discover God's purpose for my life, I find something that is greater than me. Then instead of living the frustration and futility of a driven life, I become released into the fulfillment and the rewards of a called life. Everything has purpose. Everything God ever created, He created on purpose, with purpose. Purpose precedes creation. Everything in life begins and ends with purpose. Colossians 1 and 16 in the Message Bible says, Everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. So what is your purpose? Is it just to come here and live your life and, and go through the daily routine of working a job to make a living Coming home and giving your wife a peck on the cheek and say, I love you, honey, and go to bed and get up and live another day, five days a week. You live for the weekend so you can come hear me preach and teach. And that's the most important thing in your life, coming to hear me. Mm. What'd you say? Oh, okay. I thought I was going to have to start being mean to you again. <laughs> the authorized version of the Bible says it this way in Revelation 4.11. Thou hast created all things, 
for thy pleasure they are and were created. Your purpose, the reason you were created was for the pleasure of God. You want to know what your purpose is? To please God. God created you because he wanted somebody to love him, communicate with him, fellowship with him, honor him, respect him, and the list can go on and on and on. God had all those things in mind. You were created to bring God happiness. Living with purpose. I love, God decided to create something that was fun. I truly believe that God enjoys our fellowship. I, I, I've never seen it in the Bible, but I know God has to laugh. Come on. God has to look at us sometime and go, oh, boy. I mean, I, he's saying to himself, and I created that. I'm the one that did that. And he just amazed at us sometimes, I'm sure. I can't give you verse. I can't give you scripture. I, I think it's probably in that same version that I tried to use on you tonight. Uh, but it probably says that somewhere that God laughs at us. God God created us so that we would give him pleasure and that would satisfy him. And everything has a purpose and your primary purpose is pleasure to God. You were made for God and get this, not vice versa. Now, I'm not talking about another person by the name of vice versa. I want y'all to get this. I'm not talking about God and vice versa. It means just the opposite of, you know. I, 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 God didn't create us for us to have pleasure. God did not create you so you could come down here and have a big time. Go all the ball games and and all the sports events you want and, and eat all the foods and send you to a place like Tyler that you got many, many choices. I'm so glad I don't still live in noble Louisiana. We had no restaurants. We had one little old store. And, and the first or the second church that I pastored, we'd have to go down the road to a taco, no, to a Dairy Queen. And was there something else? A Dairy Queen was about it. Oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm not still there. Thank you, God, that I'm in Tyler where I can ask my wife, where do you want to go? And she can say, I don't know. <laughs> we got choices. You have to make up your mind. God is not wowed by what you can do. God doesn't go, wow. Man, that Nick Beard can lead that service. Oh, wow. Did you see him tonight? He did a good job, didn't he? Well, I figured I'd get some hand clapping out of him. 
God is not wowed by your talents and abilities. That ain't right. What time is it? I've only been going 15 minutes. Have I been going 30 minutes? Lord Jesus. I rebuke you. Let me make a couple more points. I'm going to have to give myself more time. (laughs) I'm enjoying myself up here tonight. Everything's on purpose, and God's not wild by what you can do. And I'll be just a couple more minutes. You know why? Because He's almighty and all-powerful. Why would He be wild by your little limited abilities? God is not impressed with what you know or how well educated you are because he knows all things, even knows the number of hairs on your head. Why would he be excited about you saying, well, you don't understand, God. I've gone to college and I got this master's degree and, and I'm smart. I, can, I know a lot of stuff. And he just says, yeah. You can't even count the hairs on your own ignorant head. (laughs) God is not moved by how fast you can run and how many talents you have acquired. There's nothing that the Lord cannot do. He can do anything except lie. God's not taken with how often you can read your Bible or say your prayers. But if you want to grab God's attention, if you want to bless God's heart, if you want to really get it going, love Him with all that you've got. Just love God because that is the main purpose that you were created to love God. All of us experience the time in our lives when we have asked the hard questions. Lord, why am I here? What is it you want me to do? What is my purpose? We've all thought that. We've all asked that. God calls every believer to full-time service. God is not a part-time occupation. When God calls you into the kingdom, it's 24-7, 365 days a year. And Paul said, whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord. God wants us to love Him. God wants to put Him first. He wants us to uh, realize our purpose and what we're here for, and, and when we do that, God gets pleasure in the fact that he didn't mess up when he made you. He did a good thing. He did a very good thing, and he wants us to show him how much we love him with what he did. Would you stand? Thank you, folks, for